0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen into the Bucketeers Podcast. Episode number 88. Thursday night football pregame pod. We got a lot of good going on right now. I'm your host, Tampa Tones. We're gonna to be joined alongside at least a handful of the Bucketeers coming up shortly. We got a lot to discuss tonight, or the Bucks toast, how we looking against Baltimore. Is Lamar Jackson going to come into our town and run all over us as the Panthers did last week? We got a lot to go over. You're tuned into the Bucketeers. We're live on YouTube right now on our YouTube channel, Bucketeers Podcast. We're live on Facebook, Bucks Life News Facebook. We're live on Twitter at Bucketeers Pod on Twitter or just Bucketeers, I believe so. Uh, We're all over the map right now, but you are tuned into the Bucketeers. Sorry for the slow beginning. I had some technical difficulties with the invitation link, but nonetheless, we're here. Huncho's here. We're going to play our intro quick, and then we're going to hop right back into the Bucketeers. You're grooving on a Thursday night with Tampa Tones and Huncho on the Bucketeers. Let's get it. On Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there, bro. That, that game atmosphere was just ridiculous. Energy, electricity. a place was rocking. Anyone was there, and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there too. But, uh, Tampa tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. Donovan. And it sounds like Stunner is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little. Nah, no, my my uh, camera's broke. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Buccaneers. Thanks for joining us this Thursday. We're grooving out. Got some music, got good times, got good people. Hopefully get a good football game tonight from our Buccaneers. And you are live, we are live right now. Ask away, ask us any questions on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. Huncho and myself and any other or the crew who joins will be happy to answer them for you. We're live tonight, 8.15 Eastern, against the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Found on Amazon Prime. L. Michaels on the call. Kirk Herb Street on the call. It's going to be something special. Huncho, how the hell are you, my friend? Uh, welcome back in, and how how you feeling about tonight? Hopefully a little better than the Carolina game.
1: I mean, I'm feeling good, but we're we gonna see what it what it look like. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, but uh, I guess we gotta see what we do out here today.
0: Yeah, it, we'll see what goes on. So we know that the Ravens are gonna try and run the ball on us. That's their M.O. You got Lamar Jackson out there, who's always a great runner the guy is probably the best running quarterback of all time if not one of them up there already. you got you know you got to watch your running backs they like to sprinkle him in uh, they like to rotate him in in and out you got a lot of fast wide receivers Deshaun Jackson is not active tonight but Devin Duvernay is active on their depth chart. he's a return man and he's a wide receiver who's quick so huncho I guess we'll start with this. does Baltimore speed concern you? given that the Bucks lack depth on defense right now, particularly in the secondary? If a guy like Lamar Jackson gets past the initial front seven and say he continues on to the secondary, uh, do you find it troublesome perhaps that we might have trouble keeping up with them? Do you think they could rip off a lot of big gains tonight with the speedy offense with the likes of Lamar, Kenyon Drake, Devin Duvernay, and those guys?
1: I definitely do uh, feel like that's a major problem. Uh, with this with this offense coming in, especially with Lamar Jackson. And as bad as we've been on a run defense as of late, it's a serious problem. Devin White whiffing on tackles. He's lead. uh he's at the bottom of the league. Uh and uh with linebacker with coverages and um just missed tackles and over pursuing. So I mean we gotta stop the run. We definitely gotta stop the run. I mean I don't know what game plan they drawed up or whatever they It's a short week, so I don't know. I feel like Lamar is just a handful right now for this
0: team. And uh, how do you feel about our offense, I guess? We're kind of the opposite. We don't have many speedy guys, but, you know, we try and play methodical ball. We haven't seen it the past couple weeks. Do you think that changes tonight, or do you expect another stagnant performance? I mean,
1: I will say this. Hopefully we we get some points tonight. I mean, I've seen that. Julio is active tonight, so maybe that can uh, open up the playbook a little more, and um, hopefully that could get things going uh, more with this uh, offense. Uh, Russell Gage is sideline, but hopefully Julio can put a little more on the field than him, and um, hopefully uh, Brady and the chemistry with the guys just turn on. Well, if they turn it on, I mean, they could be great, but they have to turn it on and get on the same page. Far as our running game, I feel like we still—if he's forcing the run, 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 run—we're gonna have a long night. I, I know Baltimore is prepared. I've seen some clips of uh, just some fronts that I, I didn't understand. Why would they run into those type of fronts? But it's another week, another game, another team. So we're gonna we're gonna see what what they have in store.
0: I agree. A lot of predictable stuff going on. Let's see if Byron changes that at all. And let's see if Tom Brady decides to perhaps audible a little bit more. Uh, you know, he could do that. He's allowed to do that. Let's see if he does do that. We got our number one Bucketeers fan and listener in the building. Our friend Mike D in the house from Canada. Mike D, What's up, Mike? Thanks for joining Huncho and Tones this evening, my man, as we break down this big Thursday night football game. It's one of those games where it feels like it's a monumental swing for the season, in my opinion. If you lose this game, if you go to three and five, if you give teams like the Saints and the Panthers and the Falcons opportunities to beat bad teams, like they're going to continue to play. I mean, hell, if we lose today and the Panthers win today, you know, they're tied with us for first. So that's that. And as Huncho alluded to, We are getting Julio back today, so hopefully that can stretch the field. That can open up Evans and Godwin underneath a little bit, perhaps. The thing with Julio is this. He can still play. Uh, Week one, he had that huge catch against Dallas. And obviously, it it depends on his availability. But Huncho, when this guy plays, I think he could – not complete that Antonio Brown type role but help stretch the field a little bit like an Antonio Brown type role what say you
1: I mean I feel like Julio has still he's still athletic he still has the tools to be a great wide receiver I think it's more so the pounding and the physical side of uh of him getting hit that that becomes a problem with the team and and his health because as far as I've seen he's still one of the fastest deep down the field threats. It's just him staying consistently healthy after taking a hard fall or getting hit pretty hard. It's going to scare me when I see him get hit tonight, because I know he's so fragile at the point in his career that one false move or, or the wrong turn and he might be done for the game.
0: I agree with that. And we're, we're kind of sensing that with a couple of these veterans we signed, right? Akeem Hicks we haven't right. seen him in a couple weeks. Russell Gage, I mean, he's played every game to this point, but he's been questionable every week, you know, and now he's out tonight finally. So we were holding our breath with him. A guy like Kyle Rudolph, who's a little bit older, you know, he's been inactive a lot. One so. catch,
1: one catch, and that's it. One
0: catch. <laughs> that's all he gets. I see from him every game he gets one catch, and that's, that's about it. And, you know, at least let's make, let's design that play up in the red zone for him, right? If if he's going to get that catch, let's make him earn it. He is good at boxing out, but he can't really move anymore. So if you're going to use his catch a game on a 7- or 8-yard pass over the middle, hell, do it in the red zone. Try and get him to score and see what happens. Uh, Mike says, I'm really nervous for this game. Someone stop, step up, make a difference, and play pissed off. I'll tell you who's going to play pissed off tonight. Me, as an armchair quarterback, as I'm watching the damn game, Carolina, I felt sick to my stomach. I had a weird feeling during that whole game. I really felt like we were really always on thin ice in that game for whatever reason. Tonight, I have a totally different vibe. I'm ready to roll. I think we're going to play well tonight. I don't know if it will be enough to win, but I assure you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not play an embarrassing brand of football on Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime, Tom Brady is tired of the shit. Tired of the guys like Antonio Brown touting his marriage. Tired of the guys like local ESPN people saying he should have retired. Kurt Warner saying he should have retired. Kurt Warner, you should retire from doing whatever the hell you're doing. <laughs> my friend, because Tom Brady at 45 still gets it done better than you did at any point in your career. Huncho, what say you on the vibes tonight? Are you nervous or... Are you no, actually point where you're pissed off?
1: I mean, I actually have a pretty decent vibe. I'm just being realistic about it from what I've seen. I mean, I always have a pretty good vibe. I'm a Bucs fan, so I always go in thinking the best. But week after week, just going in and I've been let down and I don't see anything that's really been different versus. I mean, Julio coming back gives me a little more hope, probably, but. Other than that, I don't know what the play call, and, and I don't know. I think they should run up-tempo mode more. It's like these guys got to come out and strike. They got to come out, and they got to uh, show their dominance, and they got to they gotta impose their will on these guys early in this game, or it's going to get ugly really quick.
0: I agree. And I think we got to go up tempo. We did it more so against Atlanta. Look at the early success and, you know, mid success we had in that game. We cooled off a little later. But when we ran up tempo against Atlanta, it worked extremely well. When we did it against Kansas City, although, you know, we were down and out at that point in time, it still worked extremely well. That's the thing with up tempo offense. When you got Tom Brady, when you got Mike Evans, and you got Chris Godwin. When you got all these guys, now Julio tonight, Lenny F even, although not running but for passing this year so far, they're going to feel the pressure of these guys get in the line every play. Hey, hurry up, hurry up, let's go. And the Bucs are smart enough to finesse these defenses. In Baltimore, they have these veterans coming into tonight. But will a guy like JPP and company be enough with Calais Campbell out? We'll get uh, more into that in a little bit. We got Eric joining the show. Eric's all amped up. He goes, how are you feeling about the game today? Do you think the Bucks win today? I guess we'll do score predictions right now then, Hunch. Uh, we got a question about it. We'll, we'll evaluate the game and keep breaking down the game. And uh, we'll save score predictions, but uh, we can still answer this question. We'll turn I, it to you first. Do you think the Bucks win today? I, I'm sorry, but I never make this
1: prediction ever. But uh, I think we actually lose today. You know, mm. I mean, hopefully – Hopefully, that sparks a win. Hopefully. But I just see it being at least about 35-17. It's going to be high 30s or or, low 30, 31-17 maybe. Uh, And
0: the the thing that sucks about that is I can't even blame you for picking the Ravens right now. They're the better team. They're the superior team at least right now. But... (laughs) Call me a homer, whatever the hell you want, baby. I'm swinging for the fences. I'm saying our Buccaneers bring this one home. I got faith. I haven't felt this good about a football game, believe it or not, this depleted, this terrible looking. I have not felt this good about a football game for the Buccaneers the entirety of the season. And I'll tell you what, I got a lot of money riding on the boys too. These guys are going to come out tonight and play some good stout football, ladies and gentlemen. Hate on it you want. Save this clip and try and tweet it at freezing cold takes in about four or five hours from now <laughs> if you so care to do. But, damn it, I'm going out on a limb saying Bucks win this one by a touchdown. I'm going with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, whatever the hell you want to call these guys right now, the discombobulated Buccaneers. I'm going 30 to 23. And guess what? If we win – 500 in the division lead by ourselves. And we have established wins over Dallas and Baltimore this year. That all of a sudden doesn't sound too bad, does it?
1: No, not at all, man. And I'm with you on it. I'm with you.
0: I, I hope to God I'm wrong.
1: I really hope that I'm wrong, you know, and I, um, dance, dance to who <laughs> I hope, I hope that I'm wrong, but you know, I, I really hope that you're right. And I, I, I I really hope we can pull this off, but I'm just gonna be honest. Till I see more, till I see more from this team and and this offense, and and, and a lot of key injuries on a, on our uh, defense, is gonna is gonna be a tough battle.
0: And Nick joins us, Dan Stan, the Julio. Thank you, buddy, for joining. Hunch, you don't know how much last week. I really did. Wanna pick the Panthers to win. I, I was this close to picking Carolina to beat us, I just felt sick to my stomach. I was pissed off on the pod. We were all pissed off on the pod last week. I just couldn't I didn't think it was imaginable against, you know, pajamas walkers, Pat Donovan and Aaron Jacobson call them, and a backup head coach, and you're without McCaffrey, you're without Robbie Anderson. But what the Bucks proved to us that game was vulnerability. They were vulnerable that game. Shout out to my man Bob from work. Robert tuned into the Bucketeers this evening. Thanks for joining us over on Facebook Live. We're live on two places on Facebook right now. My own Facebook or Buck's Life News Facebook. So you could go to either of those. But Hunch, last week I sense vulnerability. This week I sense blood in the water, my friend. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I I think so. And Erica is a question. I think Julio Jones is in, right? Yep. Huncho answered that already. Julio is in and we're excited to watch him play tonight.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I want to see what he can bring to the table. He's been out.
0: The last time we
1: seen him, he looked good out there. I mean, well, for a full game against Dallas, he looked he looked good, and we didn't see much of Chris Godwin on the field with him. So we're going to see what those two uh, guys added with Mike Evans and and uh, also with Nick uh, Levert, Levert. He's starting, so, I mean, hopefully that – That give us some time, and we just hopefully it just switches the whole move for the team now, because they got to get it. They're at home. You're down. You everybody's counting you out. You gotta you gotta show your kahunas, and you gotta go, man. You gotta really play hard and play up to expectations.
0: You gotta grab your balls. You gotta sack up, and you gotta put everything on the line in this game. Because Hunch, if we go to three and five, I don't care how pretty this loss looks. A loss is a loss it's just unimaginable. And I don't want to hear, oh, you know, if the Falcons lose and the Panthers win, we're in a three-way tie. We're We're still Yeah, exactly. I don't want to hear any of that stuff today. I think Mike Evans will catch a touchdown today. And, Eric, I'll tell you as much as this for that prediction, is we also have Brian Paul joining us on Facebook, friend of the Bucketeers. He's joining us live right now as well. I'll tell you something, though, Eric. I might have a little money already placed on a Mike Evans anytime touchdown score. I got the odds at times 117. I thought those were incredible odds given what Evans did last week. He would be sick to his stomach if that happened again. I really think Tom Brady does find his way to get Mike Evans the football in the end zone. I think that's almost a guarantee this week. In fact, I'm making that a lock of the week. Take your money. Take Mike Evans' touchdown. Book it. Put your 50 on it. Call it a day. Don't lose sleep at night. If it doesn't hit, don't come to my Twitter. I don't have fifty for you. But I, I think it will hit. That should be free cheese. Hunch, we'll let you answer this one first again. Again from Eric. Thanks for uh commenting heavy and often tonight, Eric. If, if the Bucks, Bucks lose today, do we hit the panic button?
1: I mean, I, I feel like the panic button is already kinda is about as hit as much as it's gonna go right now, cause uh with this coaching staff that they're they are very much stubborn and they're not gonna really fire anyone. I don't see Byron going anywhere anytime soon. Todd, he's not going to fire him. It'll have to be from upstairs where they put pressure on Todd for them to do so uh, because they have a real strong uh, relationship and friendship. And these are all they were all brought in together from Bruce. So I don't see them actually if we lose this game with uh, them actually um hitting a panic button cuz it's Lamar Jackson. I mean, next week with the Rams, more so you have you have that um, that worry right there with if you don't if you look like you're underperforming with all this talent on your team, then yes, I feel like they definitely should hit some type of button to, to make some changes around this this uh this organization because what it, what they're doing right now is is clearly not working and we look pathetic on offense and defense only can hold up uh normally in the first half second half we, we just can't hold up and stop anything and um it's been they still hold p- teams to 20 and and I, I feel like that's enough for the offense to just go out there and keep those guys off the field and um put up some damn points man and show some fight man you gotta give the, you gotta help the defense off three points are not gonna win this game when you no games in the NFL I don't care so uh I don't I, I they, the offense has to produce, even if the, the defense plays lights out, the offense has to produce.
0: And that's the thing. Offense has to produce. We have a couple good comments coming up quick from Bob, Mike, and the guys alluding to those type of things too. I don't think we necessarily hit the absolute panic button if we lose a close one, a, you know, nail-biter, a hard-fought loss. I think if we look terrible tonight, ugh, eh, eh, you might say it's time to hit the panic button. If we lose a third bad game in a row, if we look bad tonight, it might be that time. I'm tired of hearing Gronk's name. He's done. He's retired. Bucks fans move on. Gronk has moved on. Mike, I think a lot of Bucks fans, for whatever reason, are holding out the hope that they could lure back Gronk. And the only hope that they have of doing that is if Brady does it himself is if Brady goes out of his way to do it himself. I'm in agreement with you, though. I think the man's done. It's already October 27th, and we haven't heard a sniff from the guy. The only likely week it could happen is either this week during the mini-buy or when the actual buy comes into effect. That's the only possible way Gronk comes to the Bucks again. That's the only way we see Gronk again. I don't think it happens. Don't get me wrong. I do not think it happens, is Dylan Satch? And Joey yeah. are, are tuned in as well, but uh, Huncho, what say you? Do you think we see Grandpa Gronk again?
1: Uh, I honestly think Gronk is done, man. Gronk, he he's been he's been hanging out. He's been he's been living his life. He he's not. He doesn't look like he's ready to go back for, to football anytime soon. I don't care if we were doing good right now or whatever. I don't think Gronk will be in the mood to come back and help us. If that was the case, I think he would have been back by now. As terrible as this team is looking. Uh, I think he's done. I don't see him coming back. Maybe not even for the playoffs. I don't just see it.
0: Yeah, and if we get any game of Gronk, one game, two games, whatever we get a Gronk, which we probably won't at this point, as Huncho and I have both said, it'd be a blessing. I think that ship sailed. Whatever the hell happened with him and his nice-looking lady this offseason, hey, that's not on me. I'm not going to convince that. However, we got the real Stallion in the other corner, Tom Brady saying, I don't care about you, Giselle. We're gonna go out there and play football. And that's my man right there. So uh tale of two stories there. One's listening to the lady, one's not. What's that old saying? Happy wife, happy life. Well, Brady, he's still got an incredible life. We'll see if he makes it happier with winning tonight against Baltimore. You know, a guy like Brady. Loves winning football games. We got Mike saying 28-24 bucks. I love it, Mike. Me and you are on the bucks tonight. Uh, I think some other people might be as well. As the line in Vegas has moved from bucks plus one and a half to bucks minus two. Bob, what's up? Just checking in to see what up and also reiterates they need to fix their O-line. Brady hates interior pressure, they can't run the ball either. Very true on that, Bob. Uh, Interior pressure is a huge problem right now. Uh, It starts at left guard. Luke Godeki is the one who's been hindering our offensive line play. He is out for tonight. He is hurt tonight. Nick Leverett will get the start at left guard. I actually interviewed Nick Leverett a couple seasons ago, right after we signed Nick Leverett as a rookie from Rice, undrafted free agent rookie from Rice. Uh, Really good dude. Really humble guy. One of my favorite interviews I've done yet. He just loves the game of football. I can't wait for him to get this opportunity tonight because I'm telling you, he might not give it back this year. He's going to block good. I think that should help the interior pressure shy off. Haynes, he could do a better job. Shaq Mason's been really good at right guard. I do agree, though. Lufgard has been terrible, one of the worst O-linemen so far in football this year, rookie Luke Godecki. I think he will be good down the road. Right now, not so much. And you're not lying. Bucks can't run the ball right now, mainly with Luke Godecki. You know, he's getting blown up. Uh, people are making their way into the backfield too easily. Uh, you know, we lost Gronk, who's a great blocker. I think Keith is a really good blocker as well, but he's a rookie, so he's still learning his P's and Q's. Ryan Jensen's out. Shaq Mason, although he's played uh, magnificent, he's still getting his feet wet in the Bucks' offense. What say you, honcho? on all this? I do agree. They need to fix their O-line. I think the step in the right direction is made tonight with Nick Leverett starting. Brady indeed does hate interior pressure at 45 more so than ever. It's not a lie. He can't move like he used to. And right now they cannot run the ball that great. Uh, maybe Leverett will help that. I mean, yeah, I feel like you these guys waited too long. they should have
1: been trying to find figure out a solution for what's going on right here um with this all offensive line uh most most uh definitely the offensive line is banged up, and there's a lot of things going on with the offensive line but <clears throat> as coaches, it's your job to put with the guys that you got on the field in the best position to win and um I don't feel like they they know how to quite do that is put the right guys on and on the field. And then, and then you put the best plays, pick the best plays that you can, you know, that you can win with. I'm, I'm sure at this moment, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses. You don't plug a guy in and you ask him to play to his weakness. You get what I'm saying? You have to do what he's best at, even if it is something that your team is not, you know what I'm saying? Used to doing, but if he's best at doing that, you got to utilize that. And get the ball out quick, man. You don't don't expect for him to hold up blocks for too long. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you have one of the fastest, uh, releasers in the game, and Tom Brady, and, and he gets the ball out pretty quick. So you need to, you need to uh, just draw up some plays. Uh, he needs some times to go through his reads sometimes, but for the most part, I feel like the offensive line, if they can hold up with what they have, Nick LaVert showed that <clears throat> he showed that when he was on the field that he gave Brady more time. And if Brady has time, of course, he will pick you apart, give him some time. And also, these guys need to uh, get on the same page. And they have to do a lot of – they have to work on execution. It's a lot of the execution that they have been putting out that has not been just the best of, of their ability at all. And I feel like once they start to uh, get, give their 110% effort and um, not just playing just okay – then we'll see a lot of a better O-line and we'll see a better Brady and, you know, and and, and so on and so on. But th- that's where it all starts up up front, especially when you have uh, Brady, not a mobile quarterback. When you have a guy like that, you have to uh, have very good protection up front.
0: And we got a lot of comments and questions pouring in for Huncho and myself on this 88th episode of the Buccaneers pregame pod for Thursday night football. It's a beautiful thing. Eric says how Bucks can handle Lamar Jackson today. They could use Devin White as a point of spy for him. I think Devin White is going to have to follow him around. I think you were going to use a little bit of Winfield for that, but the concussion obviously hinders Antoine Winfield, and he's out for today. So I think you're going to see a lot of Devin White uh, trying to spy Lamar Jackson and Devin White could step up today. He has the opportunity to step up today. Huncho, what say you on Devin White and Devin White. Uh, our, our game plan on Lamar Jackson? Devin White definitely
1: has to step up. He's, he's a major key. I've never, I, I didn't see a QB spy yet this, this year, uh, but they definitely have to, because this guy, when he, if he gets a, a, a inch or a little t- a foot, he can take that for fifty yards, man. The guy is so phenomenal. Why when he's running the ball, these guys gotta definitely be ready to uh, come to play, and they gotta for sure tackle him, and um, they gotta stay in their lanes. Devin White has have a, has an issue with over pursuing, and and it, it hurts us. Last week they, they we got a big run out of that because he over pursued. Then he tried to arm tackle, and with these guys in the league, you can't you gotta be a for sure tackler. And um, the way that he's been playing, it's been piss poor. And he and he talks a lot, and he's not been back. He hasn't been backing it up, so he has to bring his play to where his mouth is. And um, he got to play big, man. Tonight is a big game, and for us to win, Devin White has to play big. Him and Levante both have to play big.
0: Speaking of big, Mike says football is a game of emotion, passion. I got to see something tonight. I'm in agreement with this, Sancho. I think that Definitely. fits right along with the thing you're kind of saying about Devin White—big passion, big heart, big mouth. But we got to see it tonight, right?
1: Right, correct. We got to see. Uh, we got to see him uh, put that mouth to work on the field, man. Because you, you, you got, you got to bring all that talking. You gotta, you gotta back it up, man. At some point, it seems like they get their ass kicked, and everybody on the field is happy uh, and just not getting pissed off about it. I don't want Brady to only want him to be the only one that's pissed off. That we get in our ass kicked. I want the whole team to feel that, and they gotta play with some fight and some dog. Your back is against the wall. Either you're gonna, or either you're gonna bite, or you're gonna bark. And and, and it's time for you to to suit up and and, and, and go to work. Y'all have, <clears throat> y'all have more than enough talent to even win this game. Still, I, I, I I'm still not gonna count them all the way out for this year, but. Cause at any given moment they can click it on and cut it on and it'll be hard for them to turn it off. When they're on the page, him, Godwin, Evans, and uh, Julio, I feel like it's going to be very hard to stop those three guys. And if Lenny can can focus and read the holes correctly, he can play much better. I'm I'm to the point where Lenny needs to just doesn't need to start off the game. I like Rashard White and what he's showing us. I know Todd Bowles came and said that they're pretty much doing the same things. It's on certain plays, uh, they have better blocking, so the run becomes better. But if that's the case, I I I just seen more from from Rashard White at this point, where you got to go with the guy that's giving us the hot hand and and more yardage at this point, and he's a better catcher than uh Lenny. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and Lenny also has been doing this shoulder block thing when he's. He's blocking guys with just his shoulder and, and and guys are just whiffing over him and getting the Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure other t- teams have picked up on this because I have. You understand? And that's not enough that you got to you gotta block those guys when you go out for those screens or, you know what I'm saying, when you're doing pass protection. You know, and, and it's just a lot of things and he needs to get himself together. And um, just hopefully we have a bounce back game.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Got to get himself together. Again, tons of questions coming in here. They're pouring in. We appreciate all you guys tuning in to the Bucketeers right now. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. We're live in two Facebook destinations: my own Facebook or Bucks Life News Facebook. Shout out to our partners over there at Bucks Life News. Great people. Great news. Great coverage of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24/7. Uh, I agree on the Lenny F thing, though. He's got to pick it up. So does Devin White. Both those guys got to do. Big talk. Big
1: talk. Eric's, little
0: play. I, I agree. Huncho. Eric asked, will Byron Lefkowitz be fired? I don't think so this year. I mean, in the offseason, we could change. But personally, we don't really see in-season firings from the Bucks. And at the end of the day, let's remember, who's going to take over? Clyde Christensen, who people wanted ran out of town a while ago. Bruce Arians sure as hell ain't going to take over after how he ended, and Byron's his buddy, so he's not going to endorse a Byron move. I think we wait till the offseason, and then something might happen to Byron. Which is going to
1: be terrible because we all know this is Brady's last year, probably with us. Even if he decides to come back, why would you resign with this incompetent coaching staff and the the moves that they made? I mean, granted, it is partially Brady's fault because a lot of these guys that he, he – he pounded the table for. He bought in Russell Gage. He bought in Julio Jones. You get what I'm saying. So these guys, some of these guys are his guys. Leonard Fournette. He wanted him back. He called him and stopped him from going over there with New England. Um, he, he said that numerous times to bring him back down here. And um, these guys are they have they're underperforming right now, or they're not even on the field performing. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, it's it's just hard. He has to take some of the blame also. But it's health and injuries. Anybody can get injured any at any given time. But when you're on the field and playing, you got to be playing. Russell Gage, him and Brady, still not on the same page. Last week, I seen him stop. And instead of wa- running all the way through and catching the ball, and you get the first down there. Like, come on, man. Well, what are we paying you $10 million a year for? You get what I'm saying? Like, the, the certain things that shouldn't be happening in games that should be fixed in practice is not showing. You get what I'm saying? And that's. And that's bothering to me because the coaching staff is supposed to have these guys ready to go. I just feel like when we had Bruce Arians on the team and he leading the ship, he, he had an accountability chart. And I don't know if they still have that, but when these guys play like shit, he'll put them on the accountability board. And then you'll see as time goes on, those players start producing better. I don't know what's what their motto is and what are they doing behind the scenes, but whatever they're doing, it just seems like it's not enough for us to go out and play hard. And play discipline and win football games and, and when you have a team with this much talent on it there's no way in hell this team should be three and four looking at a three and five uh record
0: i agree and it, you know it's kind of crazy because you start the year and you're like two and oh two tough games both on the road defense looks great then you come back down to earth a little bit you take two L's to two good opponents in Green Bay, although they haven't played up to par this year, and you take a loss to Kansas City. Then you turn around, you beat Atlanta for the division lead, and you're back on top of the world, although that game got too close for comfort. Exactly. Then you lay two goose eggs in a row. And part of that that. is because of special teams, in my opinion, with Keith Armstrong and Mike has a comment, special teams' punk coverage. Special teams' punk coverage has not been ideal. Uh, You know, I think our kickoff coverage has been pretty damn good, to be honest. But um, punt coverage could improve a lot. And one factor with that, it's been a revolving door of guys that have been gunners on the special teams punt coverage this year, Mike. We've seen Scotty Miller. We've seen Kalen Geiger. We've seen Perriman. We've seen so many different gunners in that role so far. And I think they're just uh, not well coached there with Keith Armstrong. We've seen since 2020 now, really, since Keith Armstrong came here, or 2019 he came here, I'm sorry. We really have not been a special teams juggernaut, and if we have, it's not thanks to him. It's thanks to guys like Ryan Suckup, who are making field goals and whatnot. Huncho, what's it you under so, special teams? Special party? teams.
1: I just want to say
0: start start off with, with the uh,
1: returner that we have the return game. I don't know what's what do we envision our punt returner, kick returner to to look like, but I'm not fond of the smaller guys taking it. Uh, doing the kick returns and punt returns. Because as you can see, Jalen Darty is a sideline guy. He's a sideline guy. He does not run to to get contact for the extra yards or anything like that. He runs to go out of bounds. And it seems like this team doesn't do kick return and punt return to uh, run back the ball. They seem like they do it just to get yards and um, just enough yards, not to fumble. And um, that's it. And I feel like that's a weak mindset to have. Every time you touch that ball, your mindset is supposed to be taken to the house. I don't understand why you got a guy, Jalen Darden, probably about 150, 60, 70 pounds. Who knows? He's so small. He doesn't. He's he's actually running from contact. When you see holes right there, he can't break contact. If one guys are tackling him with one arm and just, you know, they, they just compound him when he catches the ball. And he's, it, I, don't, I don't understand also the running out of the end zone when you know you're not going to get to the 25-yard line. I don't understand why they continue to do that and they're not coaching these guys to let the ball go in the end zone. That is, it's just a few things that uh, that bother me on special teams. And uh, they've been playing like real shit this year. I've seen a lot of teams almost run it back. And it's just hopefully we've been saved because we have fast players, you know what I'm saying, with, with good speed. Yep. To catch the catch the guys from um, scoring a touchdown. But other than that, I have not seen no dominant special teams on this uh, <clears throat> on this on this roster for years. And it's mm-hmm. always been like that for years. I don't know what they always bring different guys in and try different things. We never could figure it out on special teams. And it's really showing this year.
0: It, it sure is. And we got a ton of comments here. So we're going to keep going through them quickly here. We got. Poof, a lot, double digits, I'll say, coming in from all great members of Bucks, Fans, Bucketeers, Podcast peeps. Huncho and I are doing our best to answer them to our truthful, honest opinions and to the best of our capabilities. So again, these are Huncho and I's opinions. It's not like they're end all be all, but the Bucketeers usually has pretty good feelings on things. So Eric says trades are coming mostly. I don't I believe anything big. No. Um, you know, I I want to say the word mostly. I don't think it's a guarantee we even mm-hmm. make a move at this point. Myself, I mean, no. what? what you know, Huncho, What really are you going to trade for at the end of the Nothing. day? Nothing. I mean,
1: if Robert tra- Quinn got signed for, a, for for a fourth round pick,
0: uh, what's the other guy that uh
1: uh Kadarius Tony went to um, well the like Chiefs a, today to the Chiefs today, and we know Andy Reid is going to utilize this guy. He's going to be a star over there. Like this team has, they're very. I don't know what's stubborn. Yet. I don't know what's going on, uh, but we're not making any moves. I can guarantee you that we don't have much to sell unless it's a top guy that's going to hurt our team more than help. You know, and I don't know if anybody is willing to even trade with us and help us. You know, I don't. I don't see it. And and what we might pick early in this draft, man, how this team is playing. So we might have high draft picks, but. I don't see where we're gonna trade, like running back, maybe. I I don't know, like offensive lineman. I don't. Yeah, I don't we don't have see, much
0: to give. I don't. In. I
1: don't see. I don't see it happen. We need to trade, <laughs> trade for a coach. That what I say. We need to trade for a coach because this damn tiring just sitting here as a fan, and you can call out every damn play that's being that's being called before it even before they even hike the ball. It's it's frustrating to see this. This so. It's just so obvious what we're doing, and it's no—I uh, don't feel like it's no edginess, or they're not—they're not using the players coming up with anything, man.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna take a break from the questions here in a minute. We got the inactives lists are out for the Bucks and Ravens. It is an hour and a half before game time, so we'll run down the Bucks list first, according to Jenna Lane, ESPN. The Bucs inactives list is as followed tonight against the Baltimore Ravens. And, guys, get ready. This is a hefty inactives list. Damn near a Pro Bowl caliber roster. You got Russell Gage, Sean Murphy Bunton, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr., Luke Odecki, Cam Bray, and Akeem Hicks are all inactive. If that ain't a heavy hitter, I don't know what the hell is elevated from the practice squad my man jj russell baby let's go linebacker yes, from memphis gave me his gloves after the colts bucks game looked me dead in the eye pointed to him he came up to me tossed me his gloves number 51 look for that guy to go crazy tonight show. any words on the bucks and actives list or jj russell or don Gardner, cornerback who are getting the call i like jj russell i like him uh I
1: like him. Uh, I want to see what he can do if he gets some um, playing time, significant playing time. Uh, Yeah. Uh, On that list, uh, the one that hurts the most to me is definitely uh, Anton Winfield Jr. Yeah. He's, he's just a playmaker a baller for sure. Tackler, you know, and he has his mistakes that he's, he's made playing this new position, but for the most part, he's, he's dynamic and he can play and he's, he's a gritty player and he doesn't make too many mistakes and I'll take him and then I'll, it's gonna hurt us losing him and damn Carlton Davis, but we'll see what we can do and what the coaches call. This is it's, it's what they get paid for to see what they, they uh, what they can do with what they got on the field.
0: And the Ravens' inactive list tonight ain't no walk in the park either. And this is eye opening because, as you heard me say, the list based on who Jenna Lane reported was inactive. Julio Jones is now officially suiting up and playing tonight. He's officially active for the Bucs. That's 100% official as he's not on the inactive list. Now you look at the Ravens side of the football, things get a little more interesting because you had Rashad Bateman, their number one wide receiver, and you had Mark Andrews, one of the best, if not the best tight end behind Travis Kelsey in all of football. They were hemming and hawing towards playing tonight. Questionable all week. Well, here's the Ravens inactive list. This will answer your question. This is... Jamison Hensley on Twitter, ESPN reporter for Baltimore, says, Calais Campbell, huge inactive tonight for the Baltimore Ravens. He's out with an illness. That's incredible. That's Mm -hmm. great news for the Bucs. Probably one of the better – besides Lamar Jackson, that might be the most important guy on that Ravens team. So that's Mm -hmm. a huge loss right there for them. Josh Bynes, linebacker, inactive. Cornerback Jalen Amor Davis, inactive. Running back Mike Davis, a.k.a. waste of money at this point in his career, inactive. Guard Ben Cleveland is inactive, and wide receiver Tylen Wallace is inactive. So that goes to tell me Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, as Pops pointed out. Shout out, Pops. uh, They're probably going to play tonight. Andrews. So we got to do anything we can to prepare for them. Let's run through these comments and keep going. Bucks by a million, says my brother. I like that mindset, Joe. Yeah, I don't know how we'll get to a million. Maybe, uh, you know, a, an error on the scoring screen or something like that. But we can't even score a point against Carolina. But uh, what we're going to score tonight. I got faith. Dylan Satch, old college buddy. How we doing, Dylan? Thanks for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate you, my man. What's up, Tones? Good contest, my guy. Maybe my contest. But we do got a contest going uh, sometime soon. Thank you for bringing that up. Not the right time to do it, so we're going to wait till after a Bucs win. Uh, Luke key autographed mini helmet, if I could get it out. Rookie left guard, been struggling this year, but you could win this on the Bucketeers. This could be yours amongst other mini helmets with our logo on it and so much more giveaways coming in the near future after our next win. Be on the lookout when we win tonight after we win go to the Bucketeers on twitter you'll be in line for a giveaway not going to share how you could win it yet this could be yours other mini helmets could be yours as well a lot of good stuff coming out of tonight's game when we secure that victory and we got the questions pouring in. leo montavo is joined in on facebook now my friend from work leo thanks so much for tuning into the Bucketeers this evening my man we appreciate all the viewership we get eric says hope coaching change move if lose today or tr- no eric i'm sorry todd bowles ain't going anywhere <laughs> uh,
1: we, we we didn't even, we all hope so buddy we, but it's not happening
0: yeah we we, we didn't even fire dirt cutter mid-season you know what i'm saying so um uh, huncho, we've had worse to combat before and you know, Correct. we'll we'll double your question. A, the firing of the head coach, and B, Patrick says this. Bucks still have a lot to play for. Hope to see some life from this team today. I think we will. What say you? First on the coaching comment. Second on the life from this team comment.
1: Uh, yeah, um, with Bruce Aaron's upstairs, I, and they're so committed and dedicated to this coaching staff. I don't think that they're they're moving Todd Bowles anytime soon. He'll probably go through the whole year and still won't get fired. And um, as uh, far as um, us playing and still have hope, yeah, I, I definitely believe the same thing. It's just that they got to turn it on. And once they turn it on and get on the same page, anything can happen. And um, we just got to get back to scoring uh, points, man. At this point, we, we, we haven't been able to score points on offense. So we got to get in that groove and start figuring out a way how to score when we're in the red zone. If we do that, we, we should be good.
0: Absolutely, and now Bob from Work Comments. Bucks lose this game, in my opinion. But to your point, if there's enough growth in the offense and the O line looks patched up, the Bucks are still in the hunt. After all, it's Tom Brady, and I think that's a consensus of most Bucks fans on show. I think that yeah, we know we're down right now, but we all know we sure as hell ain't out of it by any means.
1: Oh no, when you have a, when you have a uh, one of the best, if the best quarterback in, in uh ever to play, um, Tom Brady, you're definitely not never going to be counted out, you always will have that that fight or that chance to, to come out against anybody and win. It's just everybody. He can't do it all by himself. If it was just Tom Brady playing bad or just the offensive line, I could, I could probably say we still squeeze out some victories. But it's a team game, and it's a lot of people around Tom Brady also that's not on the same page and they're not doing their job. The coach is not doing their job correctly. But if we somehow can get on the same page and these guys wake up and um, play more better than they, they've they been playing and, and give more more fight, then, hey, you know, this this team could turn around in any second and, and we could look good
0: for sure. I couldn't agree with you more. Could turn it around in the snap of a finger. My good buddy Christian Ruiz is tuned in on Facebook. My man, thanks so much for giving us that Facebook viewership. Love that guy like a brother to me. My nanny's tuned in on Facebook. What the hell? We got such a good crowd tonight. Uh, a lot of people popping off. I guess Huncho and Tones have uh, some good statements, I guess, that hold mm-hmm. decently true. We got a pretty good crowd to back that up. Mike says, I could never pick against the Bucks. So, uh, Huncho, I think he's coming
1: in. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a, I'm
0: a big Bucks fan. It, this was a hard one for me. But,
1: I mean, until they, they do something, man, I, I guess against the, the, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, man, I, I gotta I got to – I gotta go with the the, the uh, Ravens and um, yeah, hopefully me picking them can uh, get us to win. It's not it's not like I want them to lose, but shit, they gotta show me something. They gotta do something,
0: man. And Eric's doubling down against you. He agrees with Mike. He goes facts, bro. So keep just... it going.
1: Maybe my long my long Ravens pick will will help the team win, man. I don't know if that's the case. I'm picking against us every
0: week, I guess. And Patrick, we'll get to this lover at comment in a minute. He did ask, I didn't hear the Ravens inactives. Is Mark Andrews playing one more time? The inactives for both teams. Jameson Hensley on ESPN says the Ravens inactives is Calais Campbell, Josh Bynes, Jalen Omar Davis, Mike Davis, Ben Cleveland, and Tylen Wallace. And that means Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman are likely playing this game, if not 100% suiting up and at least giving it a go. And the Bucs inactive one more time. Uh, Get your airplugs ready. This is a long one. This one's going to hurt. Russell Gage, Sean Murphy Bunton, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr., Luke Odecky, Cam Bray, and Akeem Hicks were giving the call to the kids. J.J. Russell and Don Gardner, the good guys on the block, are getting the call up in this one. So, Pat, there you go. I hope that helped you answer your inactive questions now we'll get back to your other question about Leverett if Leverett is a better option why is go to keep getting all the reps stubbornly trying to develop him because of his draft status I think it's a mixed bag I think since he was a second round pick he's been getting reps me personally I think Robert Haynesy was going to be her starting left guard if Ryan Jensen never got hurt so I don't think Godeki was supposed to be the intended starting left guard I think we had a Default to that ah. when Jensen got hurt and he had to go to center. And let's not forget, um, just last year at this time, Luke Godek, he wasn't even a left guard and he was in the MAC. He was playing teams like Northern Illinois. He was playing teams like, you know, those types of football teams, which aren't bad teams, ball states of the world, Central Michigan to the world and so forth. But, you know, they're not the same competition as Derek Brown on the Panthers, who's one of the better interior lineman from the game. Leverett, to me, he might not be the better option, but right now, he's the option that makes more sense. He's a more plausible option. He's played better in a small sample size. He's busted his ass to get to this point, and I think that the offense has looked better, although minimally, with Leverett in there. What say you on the situation, Huncho? Uh,
1: Yeah, uh, it's a lot going on, man. Um, Hold on a second. Gadecki, uh, yeah, Gadecki is 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 not playing good, and I feel like yeah, Levert, he 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 has to have his opportunity to come in, and um also uh, we lost the guy, uh, not sh- I, my brain is completely um, Aaron Stenny, yeah, Aaron Stinney, he might could have came in and played left guard also, and um held that up point. at that position, you know, and but he got hurt also, so I think with Gadecki it, he could have probably started ahead of. Either one of those guys, or he would have been the next man up. But being that he's injured, we we gotta go with Lavert. And um, hell, ho, 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 it doesn't hurt to see. You know, we gotta see what we got. And God can play like shit all week in practice. You never know. He might just be a gamer, and he might can turn it on. And, and it, in the game, you never know. But we gotta put him out there for some reps and see.
0: Absolutely. I mean, That's what I'm saying. He, Our offense could be a lot better. The reps he gets, we could look better. We don't know this stuff right now. I'm not going to make a guarantee and say it's going to happen, but I think that it's a good chance, and I'm not saying Luke Odecky can't be good in a year or two. I think he's going to develop into a good o eventually, but when you're playing for right now, you have to do moves that pertain to right now. You can't postpone him for the future. Tom Brady's not here forever. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Give him the best protection possible. Make him know that you're trying to show improvement, that you're trying to change things up to keep the good momentum going. So I think Lovera is a better option right now, a more sensible option after tonight. We're not 100% sure you could say that, but he's going to go out there tonight, give it his all, and I think he proves a lot of people wrong. Eric says, will Jason Light make some changes if lose today or fire someone? No, I think uh, we already kind of answered that. Bulls ain't going anywhere. So, uh, yeah. Mike says, Tyler Johnson no longer a Texan. Hmm, interesting. Well, I'll tell you why uh, he's no longer a Texan, because he he just sucks right now, kind of. Tyler Johnson, if you can't make it with Lovie Smith, if you get on the field for 26 plays through five or six, seven football games for that crappy of a team and you don't get targeted once, Huncho, that doesn't sound too promising. It doesn't does.
1: sound. It doesn't sound too good and a lot of Bucs fans I didn't hurt them
0: they uh
1: want him to come back and they don't understand why he's he we let him go and it's just, it's just, uh, he he doesn't cut it. He he doesn't cut it in the NFL. He had one good play I remember <clears throat> that he caught the first year Brady got here when he turned around and snagged that ball against uh the Saints but other than that he's been he hasn't been consistent enough. He doesn't get much separation. From the cornerback, so it, that's a major part. And if he can't get into separation, then it's not like he has uh, the best hands in the league, where he's going to catch the ball. So, you know, he he might fizzle out. And some guys, it takes a a, a while. I mean, to catch on, and um honestly, get that reach their full potential. And if you look at Geno Smith and how he's playing over there now, it took him a while to bounce back. And you get with the right team and the right organization that that knows how to put you in the best position for you to use your uh, maximize your talent, then you get uh, you get good production out there on the field. As far as you can see with Geno and the um, Seahawks, people had the Seahawks written off. They were like, "Oh, Geno Smith, they don't have any quarterback." And you see who clearly won that trade now. And um, I mean, right now Geno looks unstoppable. And I just Hopefully t- Tyler gets, the, uh, gets it together and find a place where he can settle down and um, finally get it together. But right now he's having a hard time transitioning and, and, and being successful in the NFL
0: as a starting wide receiver. You do have that right. All it takes is a chance. We've seen that with Geno Smith. We'll see if Tyler Johnson gets his. But if Tom Brady gives you the boot and keeps dudes like Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman around over you and if the Texans are giving you the boot right now, there's no reason to bring Tyler Johnson back, in my opinion. I don't think adding another receiver.
1: I, I of- would actually put. Uh, actually, uh, I've been wondering why why they haven't seen Surreal Grayson. Why hasn't haven't they tried to? You know, he's another dynamic. He's a speedy guy. He, he has a little more size on him, you know, and he's familiar. He he's played good. He made some big plays with us. I don't see why he he doesn't get brought back in the lease, put him on the practice squad. I mean, I know he got hurt, but he's a hundred percent. He said the other day on Twitter, he was a hundred percent better than ever, ready to go.
0: That might be a name we look out for. I think that's a really good point. Cyril Grayson, junior. I don't think we've heard the last of him in Tampa, whether it's this year or next year. I think he's back. I, I, I think he'll find his way back this year. I really do. Eric, should we should trade for tight end? No, no, we shouldn't. We have two rookie tight ends. Uh, you, you took him with decent picks. You got to get Kate Otten involved more. You got to get that kid the ball more. I think he could be a really good tight end in this football league. Yeah. I think that he keeps making strides by the week, and mm-hmm. I think he's done a tremendous job of growing. And then you got Coke the other rookie tight end, right. who continues to block better and better. He looks better and better blocking each week. And then you have your veterans in Cam Brate and Kyle Rudolph. So unless you overpay for a big tight end in a trade, I don't think you're going to improve the tight end room that much, Huncho. What's right. in you? I say this uh, with KDOT, and he, he's coming in as a receiving tight end.
1: He's looked good. He's looked like he's improved week by week. But they're asking this Ricky kid to uh, – you know our offense is based on a lot of blocking from the tight end. And they're asking this kid to do some uh, some helified blocking on some uh, some um, elite pass rushers. And um, I, I just – if he was just a straightforward uh, receiving tight end, I think he'll be much better. You know what I'm saying? He he would look way better, and I don't see why uh, they should have had a, a a guy to match him. That's a very good catching and a, a run after the catch type of tight end, so we could run tight two tight end sets. Because as you know, Brady he he thrived in that uh, formation over there and uh, with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But now I I just see uh, the tight end position without Gronk. I don't expect too much uh too much of a too much of a good like show from that that position. Uh he's a rookie. I mean, down the line he might get better. Will he reach Grant Lever I level? I doubt it. He might not uh reach break level, you understand? I don't know, but far from what I seen from uh <clears throat> the guy, he looks pretty good and Cole Keith, I like him as a fullback, lead blocker, and he he made a hell of a catch uh I, I believe it was a week or two uh, when Brady threw him the ball, I mean, he's it's these guys are rookies coming to play against the best of the best, so they're going to take some time to get adjusted and um catch up to the NFL speed of the game, and then we'll see probably what they can do when they learn it. Very good.
0: And Eric says, see, some people got fired early in season, um, in baseball, yeah, in football, I mean, we haven't really had a firing to this point or at least one of notability uh, huncha what say you i still, the Panthers the Panthers yeah, well, that's about to- Matt Rule i mean that guy was he was already bad he was already out, it, halfway out the door his bags were so packed out that door it was like the parents in the home alone movie they knew what the hell they were doing when he got out of there yes Matt Rule my apologies the big one, the obvious one, but that one was so obviously going to happen at some point during this year. Right. And you know, you got guys like McCarthy who was a possibility, but now he's coaching his butt off. Um, right. And Frank Reich and the Colts, I think, uh, you know, they're going to let him at least finish out the year. They're not playing the worst football ever. Yeah, it's so. Matt Ryan. <laughs> You know? I don't I, I. don't know. I don't think we let go of anyone, Huncho, in the coach and staff. That kind of goes with this one, too. Mike says Todd Bowles on the hot seat. I think he's on the hot seat for uh, the future, but not for this year. What say you, Huncho?
1: Uh, I mean, it's first year, couple games in. I don't think, of course, you got Brady, you got all this talent. I, I feel like he's on the hot seat, but will they do anything about it right away? I don't see it happening. They're too committed to these guys, and they did bring them a Super Bowl a couple years ago, so... They're kind of invested in these guys and they don't want to just dump them off because of one bad, you know what I'm saying, one bad year um, like this. I, I feel like they're, they're going to hang on to him and, 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 and at least until the offseason and make some adjustments.
0: I agree with that. You got to hang on to Bulls at least this year and make some adjustments in the offseason if need be. I mean, this is a guy who's had success with the Jets with a lot worse talent on the team, um, almost took them to the playoffs in an 11 and 5 win season. And I think Todd Bowles could figure it out. Bruce Arians would not endorse a guy who he thinks would leave the team in a vulnerable and bad position. We're going through growing pains right now, but I don't think you could put that all on Bowles. I think a lot goes on which I think some goes on Brady. I think some goes on the offensive it's line. Enough
1: to hang. It's enough to pass around for everybody.
0: Exactly. It's like, you get a, like Oprah says, you get a car, you get a car. You get blame, you get blame, you get blame. I think everybody – deserves some blame. So Todd Bowles eventually might be on the hot seat if we, you know, drastically miss the playoffs or something. But other than that, he gets at least two years here because you know what could happen then? Um, Todd Bowles, at the end of this year, say we don't have a good year, you're going to suck next year anyways, most likely if Brady leaves and a lot of other veterans leave. So it might be the perfect time to kind of give Bowles that second year, kind of get him through the rebuild a little bit. And then you could... Potentially move on. I do think Todd Bowles gets at least one more season here, though, regardless of what happens this year, barring a drastic, embarrassing finish right. or claps. And Eric says Tom Brady calling plays. No, he's not, Eric. No, no he definitely not. Is not. He's just not. He's calling. He's not calling the plays. He's not audibleing.
1: Everybody asking why Tom's not audibleing out of the plays because the plays that they call, they like the matchups that. that they want the fronts that they're getting. This is how they designed it. So when they go in there to, to execute, that's they feel like they are going to win that matchup. So it's not that he's not audible because he's seeing some. That's the matchups that they want. It's just not working.
0: Yeah, as Huncho said, it's just not working. It's not like he's, you know, he's trying his best, dude. It's Tom Brady. Okay, people, seven Super Bowl rings, MVP award winner. You guys don't think he'd audible if he thought there was better options out there or personnel, perhaps. He's literally doing what he's always done in terms of football play. And this next comment, this one baffles the hell out of me. Do you guys believe we're tanking? Is that a joke? You think we're tanking? (laughs) Eric Eric already drinking or something, man. (laughs) Eric's having... He's loose on the goose tonight or something. Eric, <laughs> tanking is not when you have Tom Brady when you bring in uh Julio Jones and you bring in Russell Gage and you bring in Akeem Hicks when you know you do all the Kyle nah, Rudolph beef. and you know when far
1: when, from tanking. We're far from tanking.
0: Far from tanking. We're we just suck right now, bro. We just suck. I can't believe that's even a thought. The Bucks tanking Tom Brady <laughs> Tom Brady would never take. If, if he was 1-14 in and, and threw 80 interceptions on the year, he still wouldn't take. That's just not who he is. We got a trade suggestion. Huncho, what say you on this one? Trade for Mike Gesicki, the tight end from the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I heard it, but it's, it will have to be. What are y'all asking from him
1: for him? What do they want for him? I mean, I know it's not a high pick. I mean, a fifth a conditional round pick in the next draft or something like that. Maybe so, but I'm not just going to break the bank for a guy that I'm not sure that can even do any better than what we have on the roster.
0: And that my, I, I I like Gusecki a lot, former Penn Stater, but that one troubles me a little bit. If the Dolphins up and coming offense enjoyed him so much, why wouldn't they keep him? I know that two is more of a wide receiver guy and whatnot along those right. sorts. Um, he gets the ball to Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. And uh, Cedric Wilson, they have a lot of wide receivers over there. They check it down to the running backs. But I think Miami's got a pretty good thing going on personally with their head coach, Mike McDaniel. I I don't think that Mike Gusecki wanting a trade necessarily bodes well for Gusecki personally. So I don't think that Tampa, we shouldn't really go out and maybe make a little offer for him, give up a late round pick, but I don't want to give up Kate Otten or, a premier draft pick. I like what I Not see about from Kate on. I think I could be better than Gusecki. Maybe Patrick Julio's dressing. Yes, sir. Julio's yeah, was... dressing.
1: Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can get a, a healthy Julio for the rest of the game. If Julio is, is, is playing healthy the whole game, then I, I, I believe our chances are winning are very much so. Cause that gave Brady more of uh, another option. And you have, they have to cover, they have to account for Julio on defense. So that might open up for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Cade And you might have better runs with uh with Rashad White and um Lenny, you know? So I mean Julio adds a dynamic that you just can't look over when he's on the field. So yes, him dressing, it does put us in better position to win. We just gotta see if he can stay healthy and stay on the field.
0: And I I think you make some great points. When Julio's out there, we alluded to it earlier, that catch week one against Dallas he had might be the best catch by any Buccaneer wide receiver we've seen to this point so far this year. He stretched a field, went off, and got it off the ground. You haven't really seen that type of stretching the field ability. The few times we have seen it this year, Scotty Miller was overthrown by Tom Brady. Scotty Miller was interfered with once, but they didn't call it. And Mike Evans dropped one last week. Other than that, we've had a few longies here and there, but none other looked better than Julio Jones, week one against Dallas, pretty much grazing the pigskin off the ground. And honestly, that's the play he hurt himself too. That's how good of a catch it was, went down and get it. So Huncho's right. It's not if he could play, it's his availability to play. He's a hell of a player. And will he will he uh, succeed? And I think he will if he's healthy. But the key word is if he's healthy. We Correct. haven't seen it yet here in Tampa. And Tennessee didn't really see it last year. Mike says, those call-up guys, one might surprise. So we have Garner, the D-back, getting called up. J.J. Russell, the linebacker, getting called up. Kalen Geiger getting called up. Nolan Turner getting called up. Huncho, any of those guys excite you? I know Kalen Geiger, great friend of the shows. J.J. Russell, my dude as well. So... Bucketeers there's a couple special people of interest getting the call tonight. How excited are you? Hopefully a guy like Geiger gets his opportunity soon enough in terms of pass catching. He plays special teams, but I'd like to see him in offense outside of victory yeah. formation.
1: Yeah, I mean you gotta figure out what you he's where he's best used at. You got and he, a play that always works for him that could get us a first and maybe a touchdown. And plug him in, man, and, and give us another look. Cause I, I see other teams used there. Guys, they elevate guys that's deep in their depth uh, chart and they come in and they make impact. You never know. He might be a gamer. You got to put him in there and give him an opportunity. Man, at this point, we got to we got we to gotta try anything we can and, and everybody we can to, to try to to try to pull off a win. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see KG and hopefully he can bring something uh, different to this team.
0: I agree. I, and I think that KG, uh, you know, I'm so happy for him. I'm a big fan of Kalen Geiger. When we had him on the pod, he told his story. It was so great. It was special. The journey he went through from a JUCO, transferring to Troy, transferring to Texas Tech, making wow. the Bucks practice squad as an undrafted free agent rookie, having some good catches in the preseason, out beating Stearns and uh, Tompkins to the roster to this point. And he's dressed for a handful of games, even with signed to the practice. Uh, to the active, not practice, you can't combine words or tones, the active roster at one point in time. So beautiful things from our friend Kalen Geiger there. Let's hope he surprises. Kevin says, don't ever doubt the goat, $32, $18. Bucks. Well, Ooh, okay. Think, um, a glass of bourbon would be boring if that's the case. Do whatever the hell you got to do, but celebrate that puppy if it is 32 to 18 That's all I got to say. Huncho, uh, we went over this one already. I didn't hear the inact. Is Andrews on the list? Um, of course, there's hope. There's ten games left, and then Huncho, Mike's coming at you a little bit. He goes, Huncho, you're a bum picking the Ravens, and then he goes, Huncho, Gino. Yeah, Smith. I'm a bum. I'm... He said, Gino Smith it's is bro. What
1: have you seen? Have he seen? Has he been watching the NFL?
0: <laughs> Gino, has he been Mike. Watching? I'll agree with you, Mike. We could carve out Huncho as a character for picking the Ravens, but I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, call me out about that. But you, you, when we talk about real football, I'm just being realistic. And, and when we talk about Geno Smith, yeah, he has been a bum and he has been capped and all that he has been. But if you look at Geno Smith and what he's done this year, you would want Geno Smith on your team right now. And, and you telling me you don't want Geno Smith? How he's been playing and how he extend these plays. Man, you, you haven't, you couldn't have been watching how the kid has been playing, and
0: he's making it. He's making Seattle look like a genius right now. For exactly. Have the you seen? Thing. Have you seen Russell
1: Wilson how he's been playing, Mike? Have you seen how he's been playing? Have you seen how Geno Smith been playing? Obviously, we know who won that trade, so that's why I said Geno has. He he's took a while to develop, but it, 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 as you can see, him putting in the work and moving around from team to team. He's been
0: playing his ass off, and he looks good. This is from Pops. We are last in rushing and fifth worst on first and second down. Too many third and longs. Those two things have to change tonight. And, Huncho, this is another thing we've seen play out this week. Good friend of the show's J.C. Allen of Pewter Report. Uh, Yeah, I love J.C. We love J.C., man. Been on the show plenty of times. He was coming at Byron last week, tripled down on Byron, challenged wow. him to this and said, hey, your first down's not working, dude. Right. Your second down's not working, dude. Right. What, what are you going to do? Byron laughed in his face. Byron literally oh, laughed.
1: Did, did you see the one that he posted before that? The one that oh. he posted that he asked him the question I began, it was I believe it was 2020 or last year It was one of those years when we, were doing, uh, we weren't doing so good and he was like, that's not even a real football question. Like yeah it, he's, that's
0: he's, a fantasy football
1: question or whatever yeah he's like that's not even a real foot that's like a fantasy question that's not a real football question and he's like man he he it's just like the analytics part of it he doesn't the numbers they don't believe in his teams around this league that looks at the analytics and they make plays and they make decisions off based on what the numbers say and, and byron you cannot be one of those guys but don't try to downplay and talk shit or or, or make it seem like somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about Just because you don't believe in the same thing, just because you don't believe in analytics doesn't mean that it's not successful and it doesn't work. As you can see, you should be trying to look at anything to make your team improve.
0: And I think as a football coach, you have to have a balance of your natural gut, your old instincts, and a little bit of analytics sprinkled in. If there's a computer telling you you're getting two yards on first down or you're the worst running team in football and you refuse to change anything, you continue to run behind your left guard on first downs. It's way too obvious. Second downs, terrible when you're running in second and ten, so predictable. And then you get to third and long, and by that time, good God, Brady doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. It ain't going to end well on these drives. That's what we've been seeing of late. That's what's been our biggest stall worth of late. Um, You know, will that change tonight? I think that Brady knows, and I would sure as hell hope that Giggle Pants Byron knows that you have Uh, to change it. Yeah, if he laughs one more time in JCL. Yeah, man, come on, you got
1: to have respect. He doesn't like those tough questions, obviously, too much for him.
0: Correct. So, you know, I I think that's a man who knows – he could be defeated as well. When you get that defensive over a question, you kind of know you're doing something wrong a little bit, at least in my opinion. So Exactly.
1: We- and that's one of the better questions. That was one of the better questions and one of the better interviews that I've, I've witnessed in a long time because, as you can see, the uh, the reporters, they don't ask those type of tough questions, and it's all lollygagging and the same bullshit-ass questions. But when you have a real reporter uh, asking real questions, he, he takes it offensive because he's so used to the lollygagging. And the bullshit and the Jenna Lane questions about. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't think Jenna Lane
0: asked good questions about beehives on the field goal post before a big game? Don Gardner. Don Gardner, it was a steal. What do you think on him, Huncho? I'm I'm not
1: sure. Who is he, a cornerback or a linebacker?
0: He is a defensive back cornerback. Okay. Um, in the preseason, he had a nice interception, actually, which was really good to see against Logan Woodside, I believe, in the Tennessee Titans game. So okay. Don Gardner has looked pretty good to I'll his keep an heart. eye on him. I'll keep an eye on him. And he didn't get a lot of um, notability coming out because he was from South Dakota State, and he's Correct. a little bit older. He's 24 years old. So a couple people were like, hey, why is he coming out late, yada, yada, yada. But um, – We'll keep an eye on Don Gardner. I think that's a big name to watch. He's looked well in preseason to this point. Mike says, how does Davis get hurt? He never tackles anyone. Yeah. Practice. Practice.
1: He gets hurt in practice, and then you wonder why he pops up on the list. Or the last game, he probably had an injury and it lingered on, and you know, and they just probably saving him. I don't know what's what's up with that uh, Davis injury, but he's our top cornerback and he's being paid like one. and He 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 definitely has to be on the field. But if we if we know one thing, we know Carlton Davis. He gets hurt hurt every year. Mm. He he gets injured and we miss him for two to three games. Who
0: and, doesn't in that secondary? Yeah,
1: it's it's terrible, and um, it's it, they're really banged up. I just wish we had Logan Ryan and um, also uh, Antoine Winfield right now for this game, and, and Davis, he he's a pretty solid guy when he's healthy.
0: Smb never sounded so good right about now, and uh, even uh, he's unavailable. Anthony Chesley has been put on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. He got called up last week, and you know, one of those things where. Right when we get some guys back into the fold, some positions back to a strong suit, we get weakened elsewhere. So, And it's
1: the chemistry that's going
0: to cost us because if they're not communicating and these guys,
1: it's going to be a lot of blown coverages because our starter is not in and I can see it happening now. When well, you got a guy like Lamar Jackson, man, you got to be really – you got to play real discipline and don't come off your assignments. You got to know, man, and, and, and with a lot of these backups not having the same – with the chemistry with, with everybody on the defense in the back end, It can get ugly out there, man, if guys are not sticking to their assignments and and, and not playing uh,
0: how they're supposed to be. And I love Carlton Davis, so that's a a huge loss. That's one of those losses that will sting deep. Whatever happened there, let's hope he gets back because this is now the second game that he's missed. And, folks, two games is a big deal. And when it's your number one corner, it's even that much of a bigger deal. So we need Carlton Davis back on the field as soon as we can. Um, one of the better corners in the league. You trust him one-on-one. You really trust him when his safety's over the top. So, um, Carlton, we hope you're back sooner than ever. And we got to figure out how the hell we have so many hamstrings. Cameron, for... uh, Mike wants to come on the show. I don't mean to cut you off, but Mike wants to come on the show next week. Hey, Mike, next week, if, you know, you want a segment, maybe we'll incorporate that, a fan a week segment for about 10 minutes. Or, you know, some just calls. someone. Yeah, we could look into a call line and, couple other things we're getting a lot of great comments tonight was boasting with comments so maybe uh you know maybe (laughs) maybe we could get a phone mike could call in and uh you know join us or you know we'll see what happens but either way we might get a mike appearance next week and i think he's shaking your hand here honcho he goes with all due respect i have my opinion you have your opinion and yes i have seen gino oh he's in canada okay you did say he's in canada he said, "Well, they do have TVs in Canada." So I personally lean with Huncho on the Geno thing. I think you he's played. Look, good, I think he's played good football this year. I, you know, I know what Mike's saying as well. Uh, he hasn't played great in his career, and at times, like last week, he hasn't been the greatest. But overall, his total body of work in Seattle this year, he's been, it's been awesome, pretty impressive. Bro. It's been pretty damn been impressive.
1: Good. I hope y'all got TVs over there. I mean, sheesh, they got TVs everywhere. So I hope y'all will have TVs in Canada.
0: K-Man, Kevin says, this will be the turnaround game tonight. Huncho, that'd be great winning it.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Even with my bad
0: pick or my take or whatever,
1: if I just hope that... I, I'm not saying... I want you guys to understand. I'm not saying that I want the Bucks to lose. What I am saying is that how they've been playing i don't expect them to win i'm not putting all my eggs in the basket for them to win tonight that can soften the blow for me i mean everybody's entitled to their own opinion correct i want them to win but i'm also being honest and i'm being real from what i've seen in and, and the play and the play call and those guys have not done enough to show me that they're going to go in the game and beat the Baltimore Ravens and they got to start up front with stopping Lamar Jackson. And I, if you if you feel like it's just hey he ha ha ha, we played the Panthers last week who was a one in four team and they beat our ass. Week before that we played a Pittsburgh team that was what one in one and what what they they had the same similar record. Yeah,
0: they, they, they were the Panther were at was the time.
1: worse than the uh Pittsburgh and we lost to them. So I'm gonna have to be honest and I'm gonna have to be you real about the situation because i love my bucks more than anybody else trust me but i'm just taking a six taking a step back and just trying to approach it a different way
0: Hey, and honesty is a great thing you're not the first or the last bucketeers co-host to pick against the bucks cats has before uh gotta be honest yeah sometimes you gotta be honest and uh i might be the only one who's never picked against him but you know, that could be stupidity because look at the times we did lose. The last couple weeks we lost. I was really close to picking Carolina last week. I couldn't stomach myself to do it. I was just sick to my stomach heading into that game. I feel a lot better about tonight for whatever reason. I'm not sure. We're more banged up than ever and a uh, way tougher opponent. But sometimes when your back's up against the ball, you got to make lemonade out of lemons. So we'll see what happens. Pop says the Ravens are 25th in pass defense, 262. Yards per game have to throw on first down tonight. Yeah. You would would like to throw it on first down tonight. You would like to, you would like to establish that with Tom Brady. You would like to hit a Godwin or Evans over the middle. As Huncho says, good shit pops. I agree with you, Huncho. Uh, Don't you think that's a good idea, man? Yes. We got to look at the numbers. Like,
1: like, you know what I'm saying? Byron laughs at the numbers, but as you can see these numbers, you got to attack, attack their weak spots. And that's what's going to help us win these type of games. If you just if you don't attack the spots where they're hurt and where they're weak at, then what are you doing? You're going at their strong spots. And why would you want to do that? You got to hit a team where they hurt exactly how they play against us. They they use the run against us because they know we, we they know we're, we no longer are the number one rush defense in the league. So why wouldn't you just gear up to try to run against us, man?
0: I agree with that. I think you got to pass. I mean, Sprinkle in the run. I'd like to come out passing, and then you run a little bit, exactly. and the next thing you know, the play action works that much exactly. better. A lot Ready? of people. Go, Go on, Hunch. A lot of people always
1: say this: the run sets up the pass, play action, whatever. They sets up the pass, but as you can see in this day day and age in NFL football, the pass sets up the run also. You, you get what I'm saying? You get where mm-hmm. I'm going with it? So. You gotta switch it up, man. First down runs, I guarantee. First, first, we're gonna probably come out running a ball. As, I mean, it's predictable, and and everybody knows this. If we know this, the people that get paid millions of dollars know this, and they and, and, and until we can sh- uh, do other things to uh, get some on first downs, then hey, we're gonna be fucked.
0: Yeah, and that's just putting it the right way. The only way that we know what to put it, if. We don't change our first down games. We're going to be screwed, and things need to change, and tonight's the right way to change them. It's a Thursday night game on short weeks rest. You never know what happens in these type of games. Why not change things up a little bit? You got to look
1: at it like this, Tom's First down, negative yards. Mm
0: -hmm. Second
1: down, pass incomplete. Like, come on, now you're in third and long. You hear what I'm saying? It doesn't – you got to set up where even if you reach a third down, make it third and manageable. You don't want these long thirds and tens and no. You gotta, you gotta at least make them the, the short, short in the uh, first down as much as possible. And the run on first play is negative. If you have another negative play, then you're just fucked. You get what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. It's one of those things where when you run on first down and it turns negative, and then you don't get production on second down, you might as well punt on that third down. The way we've been trying to convert third downs, anyways, at least. Everything underneath guys running yard, exactly. yard short of the yard markers, sideline out out routes for five yards when you need to do more. So um, that has to change for sure. You guys are tuned into the Bucketeers. We got about five to ten minutes left of tonight's show. So get your questions in, get your comments in. We got the game to watch ourselves. We know huncho has to be places, I gotta be places. Um, it's a big game tonight, fellas. And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, one of those things, you can catch an instant replay tomorrow on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or right after the show. If you're one of those people who, hey, I watch a game on mute, I want to listen to analysis. Look us up on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. You'll be able to watch us right after the show ends on replay right there. Or right now, if you're just tuning in and you go, what if I missed at this point? Feel free to go to Twitter and rewind or Facebook and rewind or YouTube and rewind and all that good stuff. But a couple more questions here on the Bucketeers, then we'll make our big thing walk off and close out. As Wade wants to know, what do you guys think if we could sign Jonathan Jones cornerback? I believe he's from the Patriots. He's rated number one cornerback. He fast. He is a good corner, but next year we have our own to take care of. And to me, Honcho, that's Jamal Dean. I do not exactly. want to lose Jamal Dean next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we gotta stay in as far as the back end, we we spent a lot of picks. And um we just drafted a, a, a rookie um in Zion, um McCullen. So I think they're gonna uh try to ride him out and see what he can do he's been hurt uh this is what his third game he'll be starting in and hopefully he can uh play better than he did last week because uh as you can see he blown a couple coverages and but the guy's been hurting you don't get that on field you don't get that experience live and when guy you got to get up to speed soon it's the nfl these guys other teams not going to feel sorry for you um and i'm sure we'll draft another cornerback next year but I'm not too much sure of this Jonathan Jones guy, but if anything, I would want to bring in a, a, a pass rusher uh, to get to the quarterback, uh, like if they were trying to deal Matthew Judon or something like that. But far as the cornerback uh, position, I know the injuries, but it's going to be tough with a crowded cornerback uh, uh, room that we have already to bring in another top guy that we might have to spend some more money on.
0: And like you said, drafting Zion, that's another guy right there. If Gardner pans out at cornerback, hell, that'd be – um, lightning in a bottle, and that's another addressing of that right there. Jamal Dean will be a free agent, you got to look into taking care of him before you lose him. Before you know it, Edwards and Winfield will reach that point. Sean Murphy Bunting's also a free agent next year as well. He might be out of here, I'm not sure, unless he wants to resign. Even if we
1: might do him like Jordan Whitehead and not even offer him a contract. I, I, I don't know what Sean Murphy button right now, how do you really feel about him right now? He's just a body on the roster. He got a lucky pick. I don't I, I mean, I won't say lucky, but it kind of was right there. But hey, he, he he hasn't really shown too much um, with his couple years here. He had one good run during the playoffs and he kind of wiggled drifted off after that uh, last year. And he did battle through injury. And um, yeah, we just—I I don't know, man. He—he's not been on the field this year as much, so I don't think he would be a, 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 a coming back next year.
0: Mike says send the link. I'm on, bro. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get it next week, whether we get a phone dial in or you join us on video for a segment. We'll we'll figure it out, Mike. But you definitely deserve it. You've been tuned in a lot. Wade says. We should have resigned Steve McClendon, and that was a weird one, Wade, because McClendon was contemplating retirement. Mm-hmm. That didn't retire initially after the season. Then he made statements that made it seem like he was coming back to Tampa. He's like, Bucks would be one of the only teams, if not the only team, I'm here for. And then the Bucks kind of never really uh, reignited that interest with uh, Steve McClendon. And McClendon they, on, played-
1: they put all their eggs in the basket on the Keen Hicks and um, Jason Light has to take some of the uh, fault for that. Bringing these injury-prone guys in, and hopefully, and embedding and, and on them staying healthy, you know, and, and it, it, they failed. Every single, most majority of them have failed. Only one we got really that's healthy is uh you know, the the cornerback, the safety, um, Keanu Neal, and he's really a thumper. He's not in his prime anymore and can't really cover that good. Um, uh, it, it's a lot. Stephen McClendon, I would have loved to have him back, and at this point, I would have loved to have Sue. Sue might. Might not been the best guy, but I know his attitude, and um, he stays healthy. He would have been on the field tonight. I guarantee you that.
0: And he was a great guy on the field, but um, you know, or off the field. I mean, on the field, he was a great player. You know, brought that mentality, doing that toughness. Solid guy all around. Off the field, really good dude. On the field, people can say what they want. But I do miss the Seus and the McClendons of the world, those big veterans who brought a lot to the table, who beefed up this interior. Nacho, yeah, he had a few plays last week. Let's hope he keeps that up. Um, He hasn't played as much as I'd like to see him play. Hopefully he does. But we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, one. go ahead, Hunch.
1: uh, One thing while we're on the defensive line I want to bring up, uh, Vita Vea has been very disappointing this year. Uh, I seen something that sap queued up, um, and he, he, he's doing this thing when he's kneeling down on one knee, and and before the play, he's kneeling down on one knee, and, and right before the play starts, he's on one knee, and then you're not set, you're not ready when the play goes, and he he didn't trust in Joe Tryon to coming over and, and making the tackle, so he over-pursued the, the guy cut back and went straight through Vita's hole, and he got a big yard. He ran the ball all the way to, like, the 15- or 20-yard line. So, I mean, Vita, he, he definitely is disappointing me this year. He's not playing as big and, and physical as he usually plays. And um, it's not double-teaming. He's not getting double-teamed on every play. It's one-on-ones that he's not winning also, you know. So, I mean, he has to get it together also.
0: And he sure does. He got a lot of money. He doesn't have his sidekicks anymore, but that doesn't excuse the way he's been playing. And we love Vita. We just hope he gets it together and makes it look a little bit better. As Wade says, I'm just stunned by this run defense. Yeah, um, it hasn't looked great yet. At least last week, you know, there were a few big runs where you could kind of pick them out and say, hey, these players might have been over-pursuing or trying to do a little too much, trying to create a play maybe because our defense hasn't been great stuff or I mean our offense hasn't been great having trouble to score maybe some defenders got that in their head who knows um but it, it's not what we're accustomed to it's not what we're used to not at all and to this point going that for a team our, mix over the other couple of guys we had last season bread and has butter. not been great and yeah it's been our bread and butter since 2018 or 2019 number one or at least the top five stuff in the run. And then this year, we can't forcing see teams. Yep. It's forcing teams
1: to throw. In. I'm sorry about that, Thomas. Yeah, we're forcing teams to throw in. And, and, and they made it one dimensional. And that that helped us out a lot. And and now it seems like now that they can run, you can't make teams one dimensional when they don't know what to do.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's just one of those things frustrating all around playing not the best of brand of football right now. Run defense, running game, both looked down. Both things looked up last year. So kind of just frustrating, Huncho. But it's Thursday night. It's already 6.45. We're about half an hour away from the game. So let's let the folks hit the real pregame shows while we make our way out of here and give our one big thing or walk-off for Thursday to watch night out. football, Bucs-Ravens.
1: Player to watch out for?
0: yep um, player to watch out for as well player to watch uh, out for and one big thing you walk off for tonight's game brother
1: uh definitely um play player to watch out for is definitely lamar jackson uh gotta contain that guy that's my that's where it starts at and that's where it finishes at lamar jackson uh that's the player to really watch out for and um contain him and um i'm gonna walk off and say this definitely not a bum and um two uh <laughs> I, I do want the Bucks to win, and um, got to see better play calling.
0: I agree. Got to see better play calling. Huncho definitely wants the Bucs to win, just didn't pick them, but that'll happen sometimes. My player to look out for tonight, Mike Evans. I think he bounces back after last week, after he dropped that big one, after he dropped that touchdown that would have gave us a lead. I think he bounces back as at least one touchdown in 800 yards or so. Has himself a big game. My one big thing or walk off is look for adjustments. If there's not adjustments tonight on the coaching level and the player level, that's a big concern because we're getting to the point of, you know, third game in a row of looking bad. Then we need to see adjustments tonight. We need to play some crisp, clean, hard fought football, not get our doors knocked off and go out there and compete in front of the world on Amazon prime. Huncho, any last words before we hop out of here and enjoy the game, my friend? Um, go Bucks,
1: and, um, uh, hopefully we could get this win.
0: I think we will. I think we will get this win. I think we're going to pick it up a little bit tonight. I think we're going to go out there. I think we're going to compete our butts off. And I think Buckball is going to get a victory, baby. Let's go out there, Huncho, and shock the world, shall we? Let's go. Let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. It's been Huncho. It's been Tampa Tones. It's been a beautiful pregame show for the Ravens against the Buccaneers this evening on the Buccaneers pod. It's been fun. It's Tones and Huncho. Keep up with us on Twitter at Buccaneers. Keep up with us on Instagram at Buccaneers Podcast keep up on us at YouTube at Bucketeers pod and stay in the loop with all things buck by staying up to date with your Bucketeers until next time we're coming at you Sunday. We're going to have an NFL show Sunday, gambling advice, bucks talk, NFL talk, uh, over unders fantasy football, all that good jazz and so much more on our YouTube channel on Facebook and on Twitter. That'll be Sunday time to be announced. But we'll be here on behalf of Huncho and the rest of the Bucketeers. Let's get that W tonight. Let's Let's, go. Let's shed some blood and let's shut down JPP and the boys, right, Hunch?
1: Let's go. All right, no sacks for JPP.
0: (laughs) No sacks for the JPP. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. Let's go. Lynch would be proud in a cream. Love Let's make him proud tonight, shall we? Fellas, it's been real. We're out. Until next time, on the Bucketeers. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you gotta be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that that game atmosphere was ridiculous. The energy, like just I played was rock anyone everyone was there. And a lot of the a lot of the uh, Super fans were there too. But, uh, the Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show. Of WDAE, uh, Pat Donovan, and it sounds like Stunner is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a something until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by it Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunner is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look.